Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you. sufficient for us Lord your strength is made perfect in our weakness my God we thank you when I'm weak Lord your strength shines through when I'm hungry when I'm thirsty when I'm brought low Lord the strength of God shineth through hallelujah Lord I thank you Lord, I thank you. Thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done, oh God. Thank you for where you've brought me to and where you brought me from. Oh God, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He that keepeth me will not slumber. He will not sleep. He's my shade upon my right hand. Oh Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way, O oh God. Have your way. Have your way in the midst of the work that we do. Have your way, O oh God. Continue to lead, edify, strengthen, beautify. O oh God, we give you thanks. Lord, we are thankful. We are thankful, O oh God. In everything, Lord, teach us to give thanks. O oh God, we thank you. Thank you, O oh Lord. Thank you for daily bread. O oh God, we thank you. Thank you, O oh God. Lord, we thank you. So much to thank God for. Hallelujah. Lord, your love. Your love is beyond comprehension. Oh, God. Oh, that we may know you. And the power of your resurrection, oh, God, and the fellowship of your suffering. Lord, help us not to be conformed <coughs> excuse me, to this world, but to be transformed. By the renewing of our minds, that we may prove, oh God, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Lord, help us to know you. 
Help us to know you, O God, and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. Help us, O God. In the name of Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning again thanking you. Thanking you for your great grace and tender mercies. You brought us to a new day to rejoice in the Lord and again to rejoice. Father, there is so much to thank you for. Thank you for health and strength and knowledge and discernment and the gifts of the Spirit. My God, we thank you. Thank you for growth and sustained growth, my God, in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for strength, O oh God. And yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, my God, uh, oh, we thank you that we fear no evil because you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the ministers of God laboring in the vineyard, doing the work of the Lord. Thank you for Minister Nigel, O oh God, and the desire to win souls, to reach out to souls. Hallelujah. Thank you for Bishop Stevens and the labor. Amen. Teaching and praying and ministering to those who are providing the various services. Oh, God on the front line. Thank you for Elder Katenga and Sister Lillian and Mr. Brown and Minister Anselmi and oh, Minister Dennis, my God, continue to guide him, protect him as he undertake his ministry today. Oh, along the way that you have sent him, oh, God, cause him to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Remember the rest of the ministers in this city, ministering, laboring, oh, Oh, God, working in the vineyard. Remember those, my God, in the state. Oh, God, continue to strengthen, uh, edify, sanctify those in this nation. My God, we continue to pray for them. Oh, remember the president and the cabinet and oh, the senate. Um, the Congress, my God, and the judiciary. Oh, God, remember the soldiers. Oh, God, here, man. Oh, God, the armed forces, my God, the sailors, the airmen, all those who labor. Remember the police force, my God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, let your spirit move through that group, oh, God, on the front lines with stress and, oh, bad apples and Various ones in their midst, just like in the rest of the world. Remember those who are affected by the actions, Lord, of those uh, misguided individuals. My God, in the name of Jesus, remember families everywhere bereaved of their loved ones. Father, continue to sustain us, mold us, and make us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And a pleasant good morning to you, you and you, Brother Brown here. And it's again good to be back in your presence, in your midst. Uh, uh, yesterday we spoke to you concerning the various gifts and the administration thereof. Setting things in order that thou mightest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So today we're going to go a step further and our topic today, 
charity beareth all things, believeth all things, opeth all things, endureth all things, for charity is a better way. Paul concluded yesterday by saying, and behold, I show you a better way. Today is Thursday. Today is Thursday, the 28th day of May 2020. And this is the Master of Arts New Testament Letters program, and we are up to chapter 13 in the book of 1 Corinthians. Let's begin right away. In John, the 11th chapter and the 48th verse, we see where a council had convened and was reasoning among themselves concerning Jesus Christ. There is always a discussion, a conference concerning Christ and the spirit of Christ with mankind. Mankind is always wondering, how do we deal with this Jesus? What do we do? You see, Jesus makes a difference. His presence makes a difference to all men. Councils, governments, people. The presence of the Lord causes not peace. He said, I did not come to bring peace, but the sword. <laughs> so if you have the presence of the Lord, you have to expect not peace, but a sword. And here we have a council convening in Jerusalem. And the high priest said, if we let him alone, they have to decide what to do about Jesus. Should we leave him alone? Nah, they said, if we leave him alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place, their position, and nation. So regarding Jesus Christ, an enigma, Jesus Christ, an enigma, they don't know what to do with him. If we leave him alone... We don't do anything. Everybody's going to believe on him. And the Romans going to come out. We're going to lose our position. And we're going to lose what we had. So they made a decision. The decision was that they would kill Jesus. In their own minds, they're saying they're going to spare the nation. Not knowing that they were fulfilling the plan of God. Because it was testified and prophesied that Jesus should die for the whole world. Now these were the leaders of the nation, including the religious leaders, but they did not know the word of God. If we leave him alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. So their overriding concern, main concern, was their position and the benefits that it brought. Now, in Acts chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, we see where God in times past had allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling the hearts with food and gladness. So there was a time when the Lord allowed everybody to just do whatever they want. You see, that's what people want even today. They just want to be Oh, forget God, and we can do whatever we want, behave however we want, talk what we want. and do. Oh, They don't want to have the word of God, the light of God, shining on them and in their lives because it makes them uncomfortable. The Bible says because the word of God bringeth light. Men rather darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. So they best operate in the dark, but the word of God brings things to light. Now, Paul and Silas 
had gone out to the nations. Jesus had sent disciples out into the world, beginning at Jerusalem. And Paul and Silas had gone to Philippi, and they were brought before the magistrates and charged with teaching customs, which are not lawful for us to receive, the Philippians said, neither to observe being Romans. So Paul and Silas came and they taught the word of God. They taught the teachings of Jesus Christ, the apostles' doctrine. But there were some Philippians who had a young woman possessed by a spirit of divination. And Paul and Silas, after that young woman, had followed them for many days, testifying that these men are the servants of the Most High God. Now, spirits of divination will even tell that which is so. But it's still a spirit of divination. It is still not surrendered to God. It is not surrendered to the Holy Spirit. So Paul and Silas cast out that spirit and they were brought before the magistrate and being charged with teaching customs which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe being Romans. So some people want to keep their customs and their traditions and the things that they do practicing sorcery, witchcraft, divination and such like and they jump around and have a good time in their form of worship. But when Jesus came, when the apostles came, it caused light to shine into those situations and the light began to affect the men that were in darkness. So Paul and Silas were eventually released from jail and they continued on their journey. So after these things, Paul arrived in Athens and we're going to see how he encountered the, the philosophers and the educated and the upper classes and such like. We will see that later. So after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. Arriving in Corinth, Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house and many of the Corinthians Hearing, believed, and were baptized. So he continued his ministry. He faced opposition every step of the way. If you don't face opposition in the ministry that God has given you to do, then you're not doing the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, if they do these things to the green tree, how much more the dry. So when you begin to push against the gates of hell, you must expect some resistance, but it shall not prevail against you. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So Crispus, the chief ruler of a synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house and many of the Corinthians here and believed and were baptized. Now, what do you think happened after the chief ruler of the synagogue believed on Jesus? Well, the Jews became upset. Here it is, they have their religion, traditions, and customs, and one of the chief rulers believe, and he with his house. They said, no, 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 this thing is going to spread into a community. That's why they sought to put Jesus to death. And the intention was to do the same to the apostle Paul. And it came to pass, Apollos arrived in Corinth, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast of Corinth, came to Ephesus and found certain disciples of John. So the work continues. 
you're not hindered. But there are others who will continue the teaching, the ministering, the care of the saints. And Apollos arrived, so Paul continued on his journey and went to Ephesus, where he found certain disciples of John. Paul saw them and he said, uh, uh, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? What he saw, what he discerned, caused him to question their reception of the Holy Spirit. And they said, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And then Paul said, let me ask a question, the questions of the Bible. It is important that we review all the questions of the Bible because those probative Statements, questions will bring light to us. Unto what then were you? How did you get baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Well, say, ah, uh, preparatory stage. John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe on him that should come thereafter. So John baptized you, but he also made the statement that Jesus would come after and you should believe on him. John had just the preparatory part of the ministry. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came to Jesus Christ. See, John the Baptist, the law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the kingdom of heaven is preached. So Paul wanted to take them to the kingdom of heaven. So he baptized them in the name of Jesus. As Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of You can't, you can't, you can't be in the church except you are in Jesus Christ. Let me say that one more time. Now, baptism do it not save you. If you notice what I said, you cannot be in the church except you are in Christ. Because the church is built on Christ. And when the church started and the gate was open, the door was open, Peter used the key, he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now you'll receive the Holy Ghost before, and he will lead you and guide you into all truth, or you will become obedient and exercise faith and get baptized, and then you'll receive the Holy Ghost either way. But it will take you to the same road. So Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, there were some who, like Apollos, had received a part of the ministry. And Apollos was taken under the wings of Aquila and Priscilla. And they expounded unto him the way of God more carefully. It is necessary that the way of God be expounded more carefully to many individuals who have received a part of the ministry. Who have seen signs and wonders and gifts. And even divination, thinking that to be the work of Christ. Let's move into our text this morning. Paul spoke about the gifts and people were excited about the gifts and the tongues and the discernment and the working of miracles. In fact, Simon the sorcerer wanted to give money to the apostles so that whomever he laid hands on would receive the Holy Ghost. Simon thought this was a performance, and many today are performing on a stage thinking that is so. But now, Paul said, yes, these gifts are fine, but behold, I show you a better way. We come to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Reason this wise. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, 
I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profited me nothing. So, Jesus Christ, in speaking to the churches of Revelation, said, I know your works. I know your faith. I know your perseverance. I know and I see the things that you do. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. The church is going on to perfection. The church is going to the principles of the doctrine of Christ, implementing them so that the church may go on unto perfection. You see, God had set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, and then gifts and helps and governments and various things. And he gave these for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith. So Paul was now showing a better way to the church and the Corinthians in particular. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, and become a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. You will hear the sound of brass and the tinkling of cymbal many times, speaking in tongues, speaking with the tongues of men and angels, but lacking in charity. And that is what Paul was saying. Though I speak with tongues, the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I'm just as if someone is in a band making noise. He continues by saying, and do I have the gift of prophecy? Though I can tell you what is going to happen in the future, and I understand all the mysteries, and I have all knowledge, and I have faith so I could move mountains, and I don't have charity, I am nothing. So the gifts, the gifts of the ministry, the gifts of the spirit, the things that God gives to us, we can have them. But if we fail to have Jesus Christ himself love, because God is love, you have the gift of prophecy, you can prophesy. Prophetic healing service, prophetic healing ministry. And you have not charity. It's unprofitable. Oh, you may be able to understand the mysteries, be able to open them up and tell about the great men of this world and their doings, their actions, and you understand the meaning of the mysteries and all of that, but you're lacking in charity. You have all knowledge, been well-educated in ivy-covered buildings, went to first, second, and tertiary institutions, but you lack charity, you have all the faith, you can move mountains, but you lack charity. My friend, the word says, I am nothing. Benefit no one, neither myself nor others. And somebody else says, though I do what is now called charitable work, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, I sacrifice myself on the front lines trying to take care of others. So I give 
my possessions away. I feed the poor. I sacrifice myself, giving my body to be burned. But I have not Jesus Christ. I have not love. It profited me nothing. So all those efforts, all those things done, said, performed, is just another performance for America Got Talent. Did you see that guy on TV the other day? On America Got Talent? Oh, he was locked up for 37 years. He was kept in prison. It is said he was innocent. But then he was set free. And he gave a stirring performance of a song that he dedicated to others who are innocently imprisoned. But though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and I give my body to be burned, if I have not charity, it profited me nothing. Now one may ask, how do I get charity? What is charity? It is necessary that we know and understand those things that we desire, that we seek for, that we look to. The word continues by telling us that charity suffereth long and is kind. The characteristics of charity, it suffereth long. It's tried, tested, provoked. Charity endures. It suffereth long and is kind. Charity envy it not. Charity is not covetous, not seeing everyone else's stuff and having an unnatural desire to separate the owner from their possessions. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Envy it not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Charity is not about, oh, it's about me performing and, uh, oh, uh, advertising myself and carrying on and doing all the things that concerns me. Charity vaunted not itself. It's not puffed up. Charity is not filled with pride on the one hand or vexation on the other. Charity is not puffed up. It suffereth long, is kind, envieth not does not show off itself, does not behave itself unseemly. Charity has decorum. Charity knows how to conduct itself. It does not behave itself unseemly. Charity seeketh not her own, not a vested interest that one goes about to accomplish. That is not charity. Charity do it not behave itself unseemly. Does not seek or hone, is not easily provoked. Oh, at the first instance, something don't go the way that you think it should go, then you are provoked unto wrath, and charity thinketh no evil. He says, A man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's not charity. Charity do it not behave itself unseemly, does not seek her own. Is not easily provoked and thinketh no evil. What does charity do? do. Charity does not rejoice in iniquity. Charity does not rejoice in iniquity, but charity rejoiceth in the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Charity does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Now, here's what charity does. Charity beareth all things. Whatever is laid 
in the sphere of charity is endured, born. Charity beareth all things. Charity believe at all things. I'm going to believe what you tell me. Charity believe at all things. I seek to know nothing about you. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Charity believeth all things. Beareth all things. So listen to this. Hope at all things. Charity is always hoping for the better. That's why charity, every day when the sun goes down, charity begins a new day. Charity opeth all things. Charity is not malicious. Charity does not carry a grudge. Charity hope at all things. I hope it's going to be better. A new day is unfolding. I hope it's going to be better. Charity endure at all things. It's difficult? Yes, but we can make it. Charity endures, perseveres, presses, carries on. Charity endure at all things. Charity never faileth. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. In exploring deeper into charity, we realize that a threefold cord cannot be broken. Charity is in the company of a threefold cord. Charity is in the company of a threefold cord. Charity never fail it. Oh, I was um, watching television once and I saw where a man was bungee jumping. And some went and they jumped and they landed. And, and then this man jumped and the cord broke. I was like, oh, that man jumped and the cord broke and he was like, oh, I go, oh, that man, he got hurt badly. But charity never faileth. Charity never fa Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Many times individuals will prophesy, telling things to come. They can be prophecies in truth. Some of them are false. Jonah was sent to prophesy in Nineveh. That the Lord will destroy Nineveh. He prophesied. But then the Lord repented. He turned. He had a change of heart. So whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Prophecies will fail. They'll fail to come to pass. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. That's why the scriptures tells us, the scriptures tell us that we should Pray, perhaps, the Lord will repent, turn, and leave behind a blessing. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Tongues are foreign languages. The languages of the various nations, other tongues, other tongues are other languages. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. You have three types of tongues. Other tongues, new tongues, and unknown tongues. Three types. 
other tongues, the languages of the various nations, new tongues, the things I used to say and the way I used to speak, I speak that way no more. I speak with new tongues and unknown tongues. No man knoweth what you say. So the three categories, tongues, unknown, other, and new. So whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. You know, sometimes I am speaking or conversing with a friend and you know that you know certain things, but you just can't remember it. Knowledge, it will vanish away. Oh, I used to know this and I used to know that field of study and X, Y, and Z. Whether there be knowledge, if you don't continually utilize and practice in that field, the knowledge will eventually wear away. So charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Why? For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. It's important, vital. It's an imperative that we get this. Knowledge and prophecy. Knowledge, that which was, that which is, and prophecy, that which shall be. One more time. We know in part. What is knowledge? That which was, that which is, and knowledge can be both things that are true, and we have knowledge of things that are not true. So we can break it out further, but now it's not a time. But we know in part. We know the past. We know things that presently are, but prophecy is the future. So we know in part, and we prophesy in part. That's why knowledge will vanish away. Some of the things that happened in the distant past, we've forgotten. When we were children, some of the people we met, some of the places we've been, some of the things we did, all that has vanished away. For we know in part. And we prophesy in part some of the things that are yet to come. We speak about them. They were testified by holy men of old, testifying of things to come. We see the prophecies of Jesus Christ. Testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So when we go on to perfection, we've entered into that state where our mind is totally the mind of Christ. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one flesh? For two say he shall be one flesh, but he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So when we come to the fullness of Christ, that which is perfect is come, then the partial knowledge and understanding shall be done away. Now the apostle continues by telling us that when I was a child, I speak as a child. 
I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, remember I, I told you about knowledge being in the past and then things that now are. But now, he said, we see through a glass darkly. We are seeing some of the things. We don't have the total picture, the clarity, but we are seeing them. For now, we see through a glass darkly. We have a partial understanding until more is unfold. For now, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now, I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. So here the apostle continues by telling us about the past, the present, and the future. And he took us, took us to the stages, or he took us through rather, the stages of our learning. He said, when I was a child, when I was a child, I spake as a child. First babbling, then stammering lips, then some articulation, till total articulation, totally being able to speak. When I was a child, I spake as a child. And I understood as a child. I had the childish understanding. And it's the same way in our spiritual growth, in our spiritual walk. We are babes in Christ. We then speak as children and understand as a child. We think as children. Our thinking, the level, lacks maturity, lacks the understanding, lacks the ability to grip complex subjects and topics. And that's understood. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I don't expect a two-year-old, my little grandsons, two-year-old and one-year-old to understand some of the things that we are saying, nor do I expect a ten-year-old or a 12-year-old grandson to understand some of the more advanced things, nor do I expect the 25-year-old to understand complex things. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Now, on the level that he functions, he's going to bring to me what he sees, what he knows, what he understands, and what he can articulate. He is going to let me know what he understands, express it to me, and that is fine. My job is to continue to teach him along the journey till he gets to the level where he can see face to face. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. The level of my thinking was on a childish level. But when I became a man, there was a time when I had to cross that threshold. I had to put away childish things. The toys that I had. Some of the friends that I had. Some of the things I had learned. The cow jumped over the moon. The little dog laughed to see such fun and the dish ran away with the childish things. Phonetics. Things to teach me to remember and to speak. But I don't see any cow jumping over the moon. I don't see any hex sitting on a wall and all the king's horses and all the king men trying to put a egg together. No, I put away those childish things because I became a man. 
For now we see through a glass darkly. Now I'm seeing some different things. It's like I'm getting a clearer, a, a, a clearer picture. But through sunshades. All the light is not coming in. It's being filtered by the sunshade. Now we see through a glass darkly. But there's a time to come when I'm going to see face to face. When things will be clearer. I remember this song by Johnny Nash. Oh, y'all so save y'all. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. Oh, you remember? Okay, right. There's going to come a time when the storm clouds have disappeared. But now we see through a glass darkly. But then we will see face to face. And then Paul said words that should cause all of us to think. He says, now I know in part. Now I only know a part of that which is. Now I know in part. But then shall I know even as also I am known. Then shall I have revelation. Right now... I have experienced, I've gone through, I've experienced the things that have been unfolded. I've experienced the shutdown. I've passed through the age of COVID-19. I know in part, I don't understand everything. I know in part about it. But there's going to come a time, but then shall I know even as also I am known. There are predictions, prophecies of what might happen, what may happen, what is expected and such like. But when the time comes, when the time of unfolding comes, then I shall know even as also I am known. I'll have a clearer understanding, a better understanding of the things that we now are going through. So Paul concluded by speaking about that threefold chord. And now, presently abide it. Faith, hope, charity, these three. Presently, right now, you must have faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he that commit unto God must first believe that he is. So you must have faith. And then you must have hope. We are looking for that Blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Right now, abided faith, hope, and charity. Cherish the love of God. For God is love. By this shall men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And now, abided faith, hope, and charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. Mm. The linchpin. The thing that holds everything together is charity. If you lack love, you can't function in faith. If you lack charity, you can't hope. What are you going to hope for? But right now, abided faith, hope, charity, these three, and the greatest of these is charity. Let us bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
We thank you for your great grace, your tender mercies. Lord, fill us with the love of God. Your love shed abroad by the Holy Spirit. Lord, let your love abound in us. Let your love fill us. Let your love move through us, my God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for these three that remain. Faith, hope, and charity. With charity being the greatest of these in Jesus' name. God bless you. The Bible tells us that we are ministers of reconciliation. And you see God, Spirit, was in Christ, reconciling all men unto himself. And he's our great high priest, one advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to step away from here, that you, as a royal priest, might boldly approach the throne of grace. You can go to Jesus for yourself. You don't need me as an intermediary. You can go to him and speak to him for yourself. So I step away from here that you may talk to the Lord for yourself. Have a wonderful day.
Amen. 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 Come on home, beloveds. Come on home. Won't you? Won't you please? Please come home.